podcast as always i am your host smitty back with another one man and you know it's may uh as i'm recording this is may 2nd monday we dropping it um so with that being said it is mental health awareness month and this is like the month where we about to try and go to hardest just because it's that important to take care of your mental health um i want to start by saying to everybody listening your mental health is just as if not more important than your physical health. You know, if you're someone who cares about your body, you care about your your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, you get your blood work done, you go to the doctor for everything, but you don't do anything to check up on your mental, that's, you only doing half the job, you only doing half the work. And um, I want to speak specifically to the black community that I am a part of. You know, we struggle with both. (laughs) We are the kind of people who... Uh, diabetes is running through our community Heart disease is running through our community We're more likely to die from every Type of illness you could think of And we don't necessarily take care of our Physical health so you can only Imagine the level of attention We're giving to our mental health It's almost non-existent um, And I want to kind of kick off the conversation there We as a people You know speaking to my community But I'm speaking to everybody um, have to do a better job at normalizing conversations around mental health and understanding that mental health is more than just, oh, that person crazy, you know, because like that's that's kind of been the understanding for, for some decades now for some time. Like, oh, so and so now he just crazy or just something a little wrong with him or oh, like. Right. So and then if a black person does something like anything related to mental health like oh that's that white people stuff right you know black people start talking about being depressed you start talking about sad you start talking about killing yourself and it's oh you want that white stuff and it's like no 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 (laughs) it's not exclusive to white people like let's 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 change the narrative on that we deal with things too we deal everybody deals with a lot everybody is going through a lot life and its problems are not exclusive to a race. It's not exclusive to a gender. It's not exclusive to any one group or community. We are all going through something, whether you acknowledge it or not. So with that being said, we have to create a space where it's comfortable comfortable for people to be themselves. And part of being yourself is being vulnerable, being open about what's bothering you, being real about what's on your mind. You know, you don't want to just be that person where every time someone approaches you, you're like, hey, how you doing? And it's always, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Or no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Or uh, the big one is like, you straight? Yeah, man, I'm just tired. Nah, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. I've been one to do that a lot, especially my men listening. Like if someone asks you if you're OK, do not tell them, oh, I'm just tired. We know what tired means. Tired is not, oh, I'm sleepy. Tired is I'm tired of what I've been going through. I'm tired of dealing with what I've been dealing with. I'm tired of life and all its struggles and problems. But I don't feel like you really going to care or listen to me. And I don't feel like you could do nothing about my problems. So I'm just going to say I'm tired and I'm tired of people saying they tired. So let's be real about where we are. You know, sometimes you got to take inventory of where you are and understand, like, this is what's bothering me. I'm frustrated. Like, say that to yourself. Say it out loud. I'm frustrated. I'm tired. I'm sad. I feel like I'm not getting nowhere. These things are real. And whether you verbalize it or not, it's taking an effect on your mental. It's taking an effect on your body. And it's taking an effect on 
your ability to just function day to day as a human being. So whether you acknowledge it or not, it's going to do its job. You know, if you got diabetes, whether you go to the doctor and acknowledge it and they tell you you got diabetes or you just went your whole life ignoring it, it's going to affect your body one way or another. Your pancreas is going to start doing some things it ain't supposed to be doing. So whether you go and acknowledge it or not, it's still going to have that effect. You feel me? So um, it's better to acknowledge it because once you acknowledge it, then you can address it. Once it's real, we can work on a solution. But if we continue to hold things in, if we continue to keep it to ourselves, we're not going to get anywhere. And that journey of healing can never really start. Um, but, you know, adding on to that, making room for people's feelings is something that we all need to get better at. You know, because there are times it could be a pivotal moment in a person's life where it's like they really need to talk to somebody and they try to open up to one person. And it happens to a lot of people. You try to open up to one person and they don't got time for you or they minimize how you feel or they just make it seem like it's never really been a big deal or they just blow you off. And it takes a lot to get to the point where you're just ready to talk to somebody, not even just saying, let's go talk to a therapist. Cause that's a whole nother level of readiness. You have to be at to talk to a therapist, but just to talk to your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your girlfriend, your wife, your husband, whoever it is just to get to that point. There's a lot of people who aren't married relationships and can't even share their feelings with each other. Let's be real about this. <laughs> like there are people who sleep in the same bed next to each other every day and can't share their feelings with the person they sleeping next to. And that is sad. And a lot of it is because one, they either don't understand their own feelings. So now how can I make room for another person's feelings or um, you just struggle to 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 make room for people? You know, if someone comes to you in that pivotal moment, and they're finally ready to talk and you treat the situation as if it's just another conversation. They may never talk to you again. They may never talk to anybody ever again. It's like people who go to therapy and their first therapy session is not what they expected. They never go back. And a lot of people don't realize you can choose another therapist. Like you don't have to stick with the one that sucked. You can find the one that works, but it's so hard to get to that moment where you're ready to be vulnerable and then it don't work. That sucks, man. You know, being me being candid about myself, right? Cause I've been on this journey of, of finding a therapist and I, I got to the point where I'm like, all right, I'm gonna call somebody. I'm gonna make it work. I called these people. No answer. Left a voicemail never got a call back <laughs> and that joint crushed me i'm like dang okay well i guess i'm not gonna try again for a little while like that joint hurt because i'm like yo you, you like people are calling you for a specific reason you ain't gonna answer the phone and you're not gonna call people back y'all suck <laughs> like that that was a terrible terrible experience but there's a lot of people who have those moments i had it with a therapist but a lot of people had those moments with their family with people that they love and spend a majority of their time with so it's unfortunate but we have to make room don't ever be the person to tell somebody like oh is this gonna be a long conversation is this gonna be a drawn out conversation i don't really got time for this can we talk about this a different time no you make room for people in their feelings man you know because you never know how much that conversation may do what it may do for somebody that may be the conversation that keeps that person here just one more day and puts them in a position where they can get help, where they can seek help, where they can be better and do better. So you never want to 
you sacrifice that you, you don't want to like not make the time for that person and their feelings. You have to make time for the people you care about. And even if it's somebody you don't know, make the time for people. I have so many conversations with people who like I may have known for a week or two weeks or we just coworkers or whatever it may be. And I make the time for their feelings and their emotions because people matter. And how you feel matters. And in this Mental Health Awareness Month and in even beyond, we have to go that extra mile to make people feel like they matter, make people feel like they're heard, understood, and let people know that you care. It's cool to care. You don't got to be somebody that's like emotionally detached and like hard exterior to be cool. Like it's cool to care. And when I found myself, you know, working with kids, like, I would do that a lot with the kids. I would let them know I care and let them know that it's cool to care. What I would hug these kids, tell these kids I love them like every day, dap them up, ask them how they doing, figure out what their interests are. And we had a couple kids who would like be upset and they would say like out their mouths. No, I'm a man. I got to be tough. I, I can't cry. Or I can't be sad. I'm a man. Men don't get sad. And I'm like, boy, if you only knew, like, stop telling that to yourself. That's not. And I would I would call them on it. Like, you're not going to speak that over yourself. That's not who you're going to call yourself. That's not who you're going to be. It is OK. And these are kids who are like 10, 11, 12, 13. So imagine what kind of man they're going to become. You know, if this is how you feel about emotions and feelings at 13, how are you going to be when you're 21, when you're 30? When you're a dad, when you're a husband, when you're a grandfather, what are you going to teach your kids? How are you going to lead your family if you're already of this mindset at such a young age that you can't have feelings and you can't show emotions? It's, it's sad and it's unfortunate. But when you have the opportunity to impact people and change that way of thinking and help mold them to be better, you take it. And that's what I've always tried to do with the people I work with and anyone who I come across. You take that moment to impact those people and help them to be better versions of themselves because you never know you may be that person that changes everything for them one conversation you may never see the fruits of that that conversation you have with them but it can change them forever because they may not get what you're giving them at home they may not have that environment at home so if you can spend five ten minutes with somebody just pouring into them and having a real conversation with them and showing them what like an example of someone who can share their feelings, but also be successful and be the image of what they would like to be. What do that, do that, be that person, be that light, be that resource. Um, another thing I want to touch on is, and we, we poked at it a little earlier, very briefly, but suicide in the black community, black males, uh, our group, the fastest growing racial group for suicides, black males. So, you know, with that being said, as much as we try to hide our problems, work through our problems, drink through our problems, smoke through our problems, a lot of people is popping pills now. It's a lot of fentanyl in the atmosphere. It's a lot of people overdosing, a lot of people self-medicating. We need to really, really seek help. And find stable environments that support our emotions and support our healing. But when you find yourself surrounded by trauma and people who can't be there for you, people who can't listen to you, um, say you grow up in an urban environment and gunshots is normal to you like it is to me. 
<laughs> when when people dying in the news and, and conflict and things like that, when tension is your everyday, you just walk around tense. Like we, we could talk about that. Like, right. When you come from an urban environment, you naturally, especially as a man, you naturally just walk around a little tense because it's just where you are and it's who you've been groomed to be. And that's not normal. I want everybody to know that that is not normal, but that's how we are. I know when I'm outside, <laughs> I move different. I feel different. I'm thinking different. I'm thinking about things that most people don't ever have to think about like who's here, where am I standing at? Where are my people at? Uh, looking over your shoulder, where are the exits, who got this, who got that? No, like just being hyper aware of your environment as if you're in a war zone, because for some of us, we are. And it's 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 tough. But, um, you know, we have to understand that if we don't continue to work through these things, that suicide rate is going to continue to grow. Um, It's unfortunate. I'm already I'm 28. I'll be 29 this year. And I've already lost three friends to suicide and one friend to an overdose. And when I say to you, it, it hurts me every day. I have their names written on my board in my room. Um, and it hurts me every day because this is stuff like you don't see coming. Um, you really don't. And you always want to say, well, you know, I wish I was there to talk to him or I wish I could have done this or like, how do we not know this? And sometimes the signs are really there and we just don't see it. And sometimes we just condone some of the behaviors we see or we laugh at them because it's like, yo, you acting weird or you doing this and that instead of showing legitimate concern. And I even have some friends now that I'm legitimately concerned about. So like I, I try to reach out. I try to like when I do see them be that impactful person, but this is real and it really does happen. And it's happens at an alarming rate, a rate that it shouldn't be happening at. And the fact that our demographic is the one growing, like we're it's growing, it's getting worse. That's a problem. And we have to we have to address that by having these real conversations around mental health, by being honest and open with one another, being transparent and being very, very real. You know, like mental health is OK to talk about. We don't have to ignore it. Um, You know, I have a, a cousin who has autism. Right. And growing up, I, the only reason I know he has autism or is somewhere on that spectrum, you know, because I went to school, got a degree in social work and had an internship where I worked with students with autism. And I said, wow, you act just like my cousin. And I said, no way. He was autistic. And, you know, he he uh, had the obsession with the color green and just his body movements. It was it was a lot of stuff. It's like that show Atypical. My man was obsessed with penguins. He was obsessed with anything green, yo. It was it was like, but as a child, I'm just like, that's just him. And nobody in my family would acknowledge it like they the way they acted was that's just him. But there's very clearly something different. (laughs) There's something different. And, you know, a lot of families don't speak on it. It's like they they just they keep you around, but they ignore the behaviors 
or they just outcast you entirely because I have family members like that as well who just may be dealing with some mental health and you you get outcasted like it's like yo we can't deal with you right now like you just go do your own thing and figure it out and a lot of black families find themselves in that space so like like we need to be real and have these conversations you know be real with somebody about your anxiety or your depression or your sadness be real about your ups and your downs and continue to make that space for people um adding on to this mental health awareness another huge huge thing is we need more social workers in our schools a lot of social workers are spread thin i know some social workers that work at two different schools and it's like how can you be they're setting you up to not be effective at your job because how can you provide all the attention to your caseload at one school and then you got to go to another school with a whole new environment, whole new leadership, whole new everything. And you got to be able to fit into both situations and be as attentive as you can for your caseload. But then also if you're split, let's say you only there Monday through Wednesday at one school and Johnny got a crisis on Thursday. What are you going to do? <laughs> and it's like we would never split school security officers or school police officers between like you get a school and that's your school like the school police officer when I went to high school he was there every day and he wasn't at no other school you don't split people like that but we split in social workers like we could just drop them off anywhere and they're just going to be great everywhere like you have to put them in an environment and there has to be that consistency with the kids kids love us consistent face they love stability you know, for a lot of people, them seeing their teachers every day, that's the only stability they have. <laughs> some some kids see their teachers more than they see their parents. I know for someone like myself, I saw my teachers more than I saw my dad. I had conversations with my teachers more than I had conversations with my own father. So it's like that stability is serious. And when you got a social worker that's split between schools and the one school that they're at, their their caseload is ginormous. So now if something's going on and they're already in a session with one student, now this student who's in crisis got to sit and wait. And it's like, if you've ever been in crisis, you know, the last thing you want to do is sit and wait. You need help now. And then you're trying to connect them with the, the board of ed social worker, which is different from the school based clinic social worker. And they got different regulations and different different protocol. And it's like who can see who and who can't see who. And, and the worst thing is when you can't see somebody because of a regulation or a policy, but you're sitting there watching them like break down so there's a lot of things wrong <laughs> there's a lot of things wrong uh, especially with the city of Bridgeport and like how they move social workers but I know it's not exclusive to Bridgeport it's happening everywhere and you know myself you know I went to Central High School and I wasn't even aware until uh, the interview we had with Alana Scott shout out to her um, and she was talking about how Central High School had more security guards and police officers than they did social workers and it's like what message are you sending to us you know who do you see us as like what are you <laughs> what are you conditioning us to be you know that there's that much security there's that much attention to detail about you know potential fights or theft or people skipping or whatever it may be but there's a lack of detail a lack of attention given to our mental well-being and just how much these things weigh on us. There are students every day who are struggling. Just last month, we had a student in the city of Bridgeport. She was 16 years old. She killed herself. And 
to go back and try and find her story online was like almost next to impossible. It's like it happens. We don't really want to talk about it. We don't really want to report it. And then we just sweep it under the rug and move on as if like it never happened. And that's crazy to me. Um, And it, it bothers me. It bothers me. Um, we have to bring more attention to that. And it, we got to be okay with talking about suicide. Like you have to be okay with having that conversation because if you think hard enough, everybody knows somebody or knows someone who knew someone who, who has been affected by this thing. And we have to be honest about it and have these conversations and we got to put more social workers in these schools and we have to set them up to be effective, set them up to be great. And we have to be, everything we can be so that we can help each other uplift each other and build better communities. So what I want y'all to take from this and what I want y'all to do moving forward, be that light for somebody, make room for people in their feelings, make room for people in their emotions, be strong for other people and understand that we're going to get through this together. No man is an Island. You don't have to be a warrior all by yourself. You have community, You have people that love you. You have people that care about you. So go out there, be a resource, be a light and be great. So with that being said, this is Daily Dimensions. Until next time, peace.